Hey everybody, welcome to Rockpile Talkpile, the official podcast of the Colorado Rockies subreddit. Um, I'm Zach, otherwise known as Zach17. Uh, let's just go around the horn real quick. What's up guys, John, Foster 15 Hey guys, I'm Jason, JSA17. Hey, I'm Wiley, aka Sir Firebomb. And that's all that we had to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Good pod. Um... That's pretty much all we had to say about um, this team right now. Is what uh, there? There's so much to say, but it always just leaves you speechless. You know, um, Jason, uh, you want to enlighten us about the last time that the Colorado Rockies were swept at home back to back by divisional rivals? So the only time that has ever happened um, that they've been swept by a divisional rival back to back was actually between seasons. So. Oh. A season ended and they had been swept by, I believe, San Francisco to end the season. And then the season started and they were swept by San Diego to start the season. But in the span of a season, they've never been swept at home by divisional rivals in consecutive series. Uh, so that Making was something history. we all got to see. And they've now lost seven games in a row at Coors Field, which uh, the franchise record is eight and it's only happened four times in franchise history that they've lost at least seven in a row at Coors. So it's a really, really bad stretch at home and just a bad stretch in general. Yeah, this is uh, unprecedented, as we would say. Yes. Unprecedented. Has that happened in a year we have been above 500? Uh, you know, I'd have to pull up the play index <laughs> on it, but I would tell you probably not. Um, we have a very limited sample size of above 500, so yeah. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I, can, I know that... Uh, one of them was in 2014, so we certainly weren't above 514. But yeah, I guess you'd have, what, four seasons to choose, or five seasons to choose from when we were above 500, so. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't be too many. Maybe um, 2009, because we started off terribly yeah. then. Maybe. Uh, 2009. So it's been, uh, it's been not good. I mean, the Rockies just are, 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 Coors Field is supposed to be the Rockies kind of safe haven, and I know that it, it is a home field advantage and we joke about it, but um, like they're supposed to be able to go home and play well at, at Coors, and Coors so far this year has been certainly not their place to be and they're you know they, across the board their record is bad there and then you see like the home whites are have a terrible record and everything like that. The Rockies are winning on the road and they're losing at home but that's all we asked for we just wanted a winning away team that's all we ever needed right there you go that was yeah we solution, forgot the so. home part of that though we were we were supposed to be good at home too and then the, good on no, the road no, that wasn't part of the deal yes. you're supposed to be at least average at home and then because you're at home at Coors Field then you will automatically win because Coors because Coors so the, yeah. the other Thanks, Eric, three times that they've lost at least seven games at home uh, we're 2016, which we obviously had a below 500 record. Um, 2012, when we obviously had a below 500 oh, record. God. And then the split season thing was from 2011 uh, into 2012, so below 500 season seasons. Uh, 2012 was the worst year to ever be a Rockies fan. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, but we almost got 100 losses. I was like looking forward to it. God. Yeah, I wish. I mean, it's one of those, it's that silly thing that us and the angels have never lost 100 games and i know that we've certainly rooted for us to lose 100 games because maybe it would light a fire under somebody behind this wasn't supposed to be the year yeah so anyway 
after that awful, awful year, we eventually changed things, and we changed things so much that we moved on to Jeff British as uh, the manager, and we moved on to hashtag superpen. Yes, the and, most expensive uh, bullpen in baseball history. I want to emphasize this. The most expensive I mean, bullpen in Major League Baseball history. So that can't backfire. Yeah. <laughs> Would you like to know who has the second best ex-fip on, in our bullpen right now? Scott Oberg. Who has the best? I'm going to guess. Scott Oberg was close. His name Scott, is Brooks is Pounders. Scott, it's not Scott Broberg. Pounders? It's Brooks Pounders, a.k.a. Zach's favorite person on our team, mostly because of his name. I mean, I mean, Poundsman <sighs> is pretty good, but you know I love some muskrat. It's true. Some muskrat. Yeah. Uh, Wiley, Wiley, I know you got into a lot of those bullpen stats yesterday. What stuck out to you with some of that? Uh, We'll be slightly better, you think, um, if you're an optimist and believe that we will regress more towards FIP. I think about half our bullpen will improve. But mm, some of them could regress a little. Uh, i off the top of my but head. The issue is, is where are they starting from that they're going to progress rather than regress? Oh, it's... It's, <laughs> it's really bad. Oh, it's, it's what, Wiley? It's they're, pretty bad. They're going to be average. Like, their FIP is indicating that a lot of people will be not even good. Shaw's FIP is like an ex-FIP and Sierra and all that. They're about four to four point five, which is not good. But not um, terrible. It's not terrible. It's not now, but <laughs> it's still not what they've been. Okay, so his yeah. So Brian Shaw's FIP is five point five one, which is still ugly. But his ex FIP mm-hmm. and his Sierra are three point nine nine and three and four point oh, which is which weird. is close to his career averages. We've talked about FIP, certainly an ex-FIP on the podcast before. Do either of you, Wiley or John, want to explain Sierra? So it's like you get rewarded for if you're a fly ball pitcher. It's it's just even more complex. There's it's no a, great explanation of it. It's a little more accurate, and it tries to take into account ground ball pitching and fly ball pitching, I think. Yeah, so feel, FIP, Field the Independent Pitching, just takes into account walks, strikeouts, and home runs. And Sierra takes into account batted ball data. So they both are telling a similar story as far as predictive stats, uh, but FIP only takes three things into account, and Sierra takes a little bit more. So this is easier to understand because it's been around for a lot longer. Sierra's a lot more newer. Um, mm-hmm. But either one works. Either one will tell you a good story. Do either one tell us if Mike Dunn's a good pitcher? Oh, he's awful by all measures. <laughs> okay, I just to make sure. one. So, and then Sierra, being that it's ground ball, fly ball, I would assume, does it take into account anything with park factors? Like, obviously, fly balls are going to hurt you a lot more at Coors than they are at Franco. Um, no. It does not take ballparks into account. It does not, does not do that. So it's a similar to XFIP that it is based a little bit more on just kind of standard data. Gotcha. Yeah. So by Sierra, we should be better than we are. Yeah. Well, um, hooray, everything's fine. Well, and I then mean, the big, the big stat that I keep 
kind of harping on, but it's worth harping on because it's just insane is that the Rockies from the sixth inning on have a negative 78 run differential. And if you actually take out um, innings 10 through 13 and just look at six, seven, eight, nine, or true regulation, the Rockies actually have a negative 80 run differential from the sixth to the ninth inning. So, I mean, yeah, we've, the Rockies have played 63 games, 64 games, and have a negative 80 run differential in those four innings. Jesus. Did you mention which uh, what what the exact one was for the sixth inning? Yeah, the sixth inning they have a negative thirty three run differential. The Rockies are being outscored by thirty three runs uh, so far in sixty some odd games. So um, it's pretty so bad. That, that's really bad. <laughs> and, Hoffman or Sensatella should help that. Hoffman's already here. Sensatella should be here soon. Let's yeah. let's hope. And so I should just note that we recorded a podcast yesterday that due to errors of my own and my computer. I'm totally blaming my computer because it, I mean, it kind of was my computer, but it yeah, was also it was also fault. my fault for not paying attention to the fact that I think something was frozen. Um, so we might hark back to harken back to things that we said yesterday. And Wiley, you were talking about something with where uh, Whip was for a couple of guys. Uh, uh, I think Brian Shaw's Whip was. We were talking. It was about. Talking about how it was around two. Yeah, it was over two. That was was that just Brian Shaw's? Because I had the whole uh, bullpen up. And that's what I was talking about. Yeah, I think it was the entirety of the bullpen over in in the month of June has a whip over two. Yeah, and yeah, then that's that's, that's me. And then, and then the, um, the fun thing with the, the left on base. Yeah, yeah. So in the month of June, June first, June eleventh. This is a small sample size, but things are so bad. Um, not only are things so bad, um, starting with the worst, um, the Colorado bullpen's average is uh, 340 against. So which, like is, MVP which is levels. insane. Yeah. I mean, 340 it is... means yeah. <laughs> one in three batters are getting a hit, and the whip is 2.09. So that means that there are two walks or two hits printing. And which then you look... Which is also bad. And then the left on base percentage is about 51%. What? Yeah. <laughs> so basically, so basically the Rockies are allowing two runners burning, and they're only straining half of the runners that they um, allow. So that bullpen a, with that two whip, that means they're allowing essentially a runner, one run per one inning. Run per inning. Yeah. Man, that is... <laughs> Don't you wish you would have missed this, John? Well, I'm super glad I wasn't on yesterday's then. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a, it's it's weird though because John, you mentioned it that everything with Brian Shaw's um, contact rates are down and swinging strikes are up. And yeah, well, it doesn't help that he threw the ball away. <laughs> right, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. That's, I just uh, Brian Shaw. I wrote a week or so ago about how the bullpen was bad, and Brian Shaw confuses me. And I've got this sitting right in front of me. His swinging strike percentage is up. That's good. His contact percentage is down. Good. O contact percentage, which is contact outside of uh, pitches outside of the zone, that's also down. His Z swing, which is pitches inside the zone that they don't make contact in, is up. But his hard hit percentage is up 13%, which is an astronomical amount to be up. Well, and what doesn't make Cheers sense is guys are, guys are swinging and missing at pitches at a higher rate than they ever did against Brian Shaw. And then when they do hit the ball, they're hitting it harder. And that doesn't like those two facts don't 
they almost seem like they should be mutually exclusive. Yeah, it, or it, maybe it, when he misses, he misses really bad. It. Mike Petriello sent out like a, a a graph of the expected weighted on base against um, his cutter, and it is just it's like a straight line up. I mean, it's it's getting killed, and that's the really the only pitch he has. He doesn't throw anything else. And it's, right. you know, he, over the last three years, that point has been repeated, but over the last three years, Brian Shaw made more appearances than any pitcher in baseball, and so far this year has made more appearances than any pitcher in baseball. And, like, I get the mentality that Bud Black has of, like, you, we're going to keep putting him out there because he's got to work himself through this, but at a certain point, he's not going to work himself through this, and we're going to, I mean, he gave up one earned run when because of his own error, which... Um, you know, you can debate the semantics of that, but it's at a certain point you, you got to do something with him that isn't just throwing him into the fire because he's just getting burned every time. Yeah, but the contract's so high and so long that you can't DFA him, and nobody's going to take him to trade. And like, is there a way we can send him like to, to Durham and like have Susan Sarandon, you know, entice him? I mean. It's it's similar to when Ian Desmond got. <laughs> We're booed. actually thinking about that seriously. I mean, it, it's it's similar to when Ian Desmond got booed off Coors Field, and I and he threw any interview afterwards. Bud was asked, "What are you going to do with Ian Desmond?" He goes, "I'm going to throw him right back out there." You're not doing the guy any favors at this point. So how long ago was that though that that Desmond got booed off, and now um, it was the Angels series. I had just left town. It was so that was May eighth and 9th were the Angels games. Yeah. And since what do you suppose Ian Desmond's WRC plus since May 9th is? It's got to be it's like one hundred five. So, Bud Black is proving us all wrong. But so far, it's not working with Brian Shaw. That's for sure. Or was it really that we needed to boo him? I you know couldn't hear any of that. Yeah, you're kind of cutting out, Zach. Hmm. Um, but so I guess the uh, the the gist of that is that the, the bullpen has been bad, and I suppose there's not a lot we can do to fix it right now, but maybe let's take a short break, and uh, we can come back and talk about how the offense has actually improved. Welcome back to the Rockpile Talk File. Uh, we are here to discuss things that aren't the bullpen, um, because the bullpen is just so 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 sad. And we want to talk about something happy, and so we're going to do the complete opposite of happy. For the last like two months, we've said everything sad has been Ian Desmond, but not anymore. But not anymore? Question mark. Exclamation point. John, you made mention of um, Bud Black saying that he was going to keep trotting Ian Desmond out there after that rough Angels series, and since the end of that Angels series, Desmond has a 91 WRC+. plus, Which is almost average, which is good. Almost average, 9% below. And he's, you know, he's, he's still hitting the ball on the ground a lot, but he's starting to pull the ball, and um, he's, his soft contact rate is down in that time and Desmond is just doing better. He's still not worth $22 million, but he's also not as just God awful as he was. I think we needed to boo him. Yeah. That's, 
basically what happened. We booed him May 9th. I wasn't there. I booed him May 8th, but I was one of the few. May 9th was when there was booze raining down on him. So you want to just see what happened since May 9th or May 8th? After the Angel Series be the 11th? May 10th. Angel Series was 8th and 9th. Um, so we go from May 10th and uh, he stri- yeah, so he was striking out a lot and they asked Bud Black after the game you know, yeah what are you going to do and he just said I'm going to keep trotting him out there and I think everybody rolled their eyes but um, so far it has worked he, he's doing better and he was turning around and he had that that 91 weight runs created and that was from May 10th and then let's say we go like 11 days later and things changed a bit and his weight runs created plus from May 21st to June 11th became 108 and he was hitting 250 that's good things were looking up for good old Ian yeah you know it's as if he is better than he looked but not as good as he looked in Jeff Breidich's eyes right right <laughs> And then um, June Swoon started, so June 1st to June 11th. Actually, Ian Desmond has a weighted runs created plus of 113 in that time. Which is Trevor Story's weighted runs created plus for the season. So, you feel good about Trevor Story? feel good about Ian Desmond in that time frame? Exactly. Because they're the exact same qualities, and they're the exact same defense. Well, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) <laughs> no, not at all. The The thing about Ian Desmond's June that stands out to me is that his average is 192 in June and his on-base percentage is 382. And so, he's yeah, he's walking just a ton. A lot more. Uh, and his OPS but, is 805. You know, getting on base 38% of the time is, I mean, you'll take it. It's I mean, even with that 192 average because, you know, a walk is just as good as a single and – Frankly, Ian Desmond doesn't get a lot of extra base hits, so it's as good as a Desmond hit almost. Yeah. Well, and the two, the only base hit, the only extra base hits he's had have been those two home runs in June. I mean, one of them was destroyed, though. It's true. Yeah, he did smoke that ball. Does he get extra runs for that? I mean, and then the other guy that uh, you know, John told me I should gloat about, but I still haven't. We're still not quite there yet. That's been doing well over the past uh, month or so is Carlos Gonzalez, who is looking like old Cargo again. Um, and we joke about We're Cargo now having back spasms, being kind of peak Cargo as he's been looking good. But Carlos Gonzalez has, you know, he's up in the 80s as far as WRC Plus goes after being in the 50s just a couple weeks ago. From the from the 21st to the 11th, he actually got all the way to 147 weight runs created plus. And that sweet, sweet average of 365. Mm-hmm. Good old, and, uh, give me good old 2010, 2011 cargo. Uh, amazing. His um, his OPS is 977 from May 21st to June 11th. So while it's great that Desmond is better than average now, I mean, there's a 177 OPS difference between him and cargo right now. And it's, um, with the cargo thing, you know, he's already had the one DL stint, and so a lot of Cargo's contract is dependent on how much he plays. Um, so if he's not, you know, if, he, if, he, if that contract doesn't fully kind of 
vest or whatever you'd want to call it, then you know he's making a little bit less money, and it makes that contract look more and more worth it by the day. Yeah, I mean, I th- it had some sort of bonuses when he was on the active roster, and when you're on the DL, you're not on the active roster, obviously. So, I mean, yeah, I, if he goes on, an, I think if he went 175 days, then he made eight million, and then yeah, down. From yeah. There. So we're probably—I mean—we're saving money when Cargo gets hurt, which is unfortunate to think about. But yeah, yeah, yeah it makes the contract a little more valuable but in a weird way. Wiley, what do you think about these veterans getting getting their feet, um, getting their steps back in front of them, or some other euphemism um, that can be used here instead? I've had a degree of faith in Desmond for a ever since last year because I've seen hand, like I've heard people talk about wrist injuries hand injuries and how they can really mess up a swing and if that happens they can mess with confidence and Desmond's a big guy on feel from what I've read recently and he's not going to be able to have a good feel with a recovering from a broken wrist at age 31 or 30 but I still I don't think he's a good signing I do think he'll be average with a bat but that's it I mean at this yeah. point the contract's already signed we can't do nothing about it yeah and if we trade him I mean no. that'll I think that makes us look no one's gonna take him in the first place even if we do retain a lot of it unless I mean that's a really low chance anyone does that but he he's just we can't trade away a player like that because Anyone that signs with us and doesn't have a no-trade clause would maybe be a little more hesitant. They'd want a no-trade clause. I don't know how much that actually affects anything, but I'd be I mean, curious to see after this. So after this year, we'll have paid thirty of the seventy million dollars. Um, so about halfway through next year, roughly, we'll have paid half the contract. And I'll be curious to see how the Rockies thinking on the contract starts to look after half has been paid out if Desmond is still like if he continues what he's doing right now it obviously you know your thing's gonna change but if Desmond is Desmond of last year and the Desmond that we saw for the first month and a half of the season then once half that contract is paid out you have to imagine their thinking changes well the problem oh, yeah. is DFA release something yeah that's that, that would she's, I would be on that boat as well if he was still bad after. He's only getting older. We got all these young guys, and we also have like young outfielders that could be, you know, taking time. Yeah. Uh, I wish Jordan Patterson was Jordan Patterson. But he's only Jordan Patterson. Yeah. Well, and D- Desmond's kind of plugging a spot um, of Ryan McMahon. He's blocking. Yes. Blocking is the word. That's I would one use. of my biggest crises. Yeah. <laughs> blocking would be better. Yeah, everybody's getting blocked right now, and I don't know. Maybe if 2019 we really wanted to change something, we could just get a different team well 2019 should be without cargo it's a one-year deal and then para has a team option after this year and if we pick that's it up that's not happening yeah it better not no so way. we should that's two gone yeah we should have spots for doll tapia talkman and or Jan- jordan patterson jordan patterson's not happening i don't and you're a big you're a big mcmahon guy aren't you Wiley? huge uh, I think he. I was mad that he wasn't starting opening day, and I don't actually know if he was starting opening day or not. He but definitely was not. I wanted to see him start every day, and they just use him as a pinch hitter. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's and, so hard. I mean, when Ryan got sent down at AAA, he even said, I'm going to treat every at-bat as if I'm coming off the bench as a pinch hitter. I don't know how you do that. I'm not a professional ball player. It's not that's my true. job, but it seems like yeah, it'd be hard mentality. to do. He seems like a we, smart guy, though, like just mm-hmm. in quick with adjustments. Yeah. Which, yeah. He had that one yeah, bad year in AA, and then that, he fixed everything from there. We've talked Ed about with Ryan McMahon that it even got attention kind of on a national level that the Rockies, you know, a lot of uh, baseball players will tell you that pinch hitting is one of the hardest things you can do. And the Rockies brought Ryan McMahon and put him on their opening day roster and then didn't do anything but pinch hit him. And for a young guy, that isn't going to build any confidence. It's not, it doesn't serve any purpose for him. And it was kind of interesting, again, that guys that don't write about the Rockies, guys that write about baseball for a living, but on a national level, were kind of saying, what in the world are the Rockies doing with Ryan McMahon? Because they just weren't treating him right. Still underrated by a lot of prospects. I mean, yeah, he had a hugely inflated Babbitt last year, but it's because he was making contact, hitting line drives. Well, when he came back to the majors, he just went with the ball and started pushing the ball again, which he wasn't doing when he was up the first time. And he's a great hitter if he's able to do that, you know, just take mm-hmm. what they're giving you. Yep. Speaking of uh, pinch hitters, um, and how everything kind of seemed rosier for the offense, I wanted to quickly say that everything is not so rosy in the sixth inning on. We already know about the terrible run differential. Um, if we went from the beginning of the se- season to the current date, uh, the Rockies in the sixth inning or later are the worst in weighted runs created, plus at 54. Second only to Arizona at 70, so it's not really that close even. No, it is not. And if we even wanted to say, well, what if it was just because we kept having Ryan McMahon and Talkman pinch hit? And maybe did something like May 21st to June 11th. Uh, the Rockies would still be pretty bad at 64. Mm. Mm. So it's something we talked about that um, the Rockies relievers are not only getting smoked, the Rockies hitters aren't matching up well against other teams' relievers. And a guy that's really really guilty of that is actually Nolan Arenado has been really bad against relievers so far this year well he's so emotional that like if our reliever gives up a ton of runs how are you going to feel like you're confident even doing anything I said the other day that I know that guys don't necessarily pay attention to their stats and don't want to know their stats but Nolan just seems so frustrated and down on himself and he's been the best third baseman in the National League um by pretty much every metric. Like, Nolan has, again, been one of the best players in baseball, and he's out there kind of with, it almost looks like he's got this mentality that he thinks he's doing awful. And uh, there's this small part of me that wonders if, you know, Bud Black said, come into my office and showed him some of these different numbers and how he's doing in relation to the rest of the league, if maybe it would get him out of his own head a little bit. He I just think- seems, seems, he seems, he seems frustrated. Well, he just uh, wants to a, win. And I get that he wants to win, but he just seems he seems mad at himself on a pretty regular basis too. Like when he destroyed the bucket of high chew. Well, because he can't do it all. I mean, yeah. He can't. Yeah, he can't do it all. But even in games that the Rockies have won, he seems mad. He d- yeah, he doesn't look like he's enjoying himself this year, which is no. problematic because he's just not going. The fact that he's putting up these numbers and he looks like he's having a rough time out there is indicative of how good of a player he is. And you wonder, right, if he is out there happy and 
enjoying himself and you know playing the game of baseball, then then what would he be doing? Because right now, yeah, he doesn't look like he's enjoying himself and he's doing really well. Yeah, it's 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 disheartening to watch. I mean, he I, he takes every strikeout. There was there was one strikeout against the Padres a couple weeks ago where he swung at three pitches and only one of them was in the zone. And as he walked off, he his whole body language was just bad. And we were winning the game, and his whole body language we're was terrible. Game. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. And then it, you know, we talk about it's the elephant in the room of whether Nolan stays in Colorado after twenty nineteen or not. And I, watching his body language, and then rock, watching the Rockies lose these stupid games. I mean, I think six of their last eight games they've that they've lost, they've been leading in the sixth inning. Um, when things get blown, you mean what are you going to do? Yeah, it's it's just it's bad and then when he's got that body language working out there then that doesn't uh inspire a lot of confidence for fans either i mean i don't think i I don't think he feels like he's a part of a team yeah that's that's kind of the impression i get this because you guys remember that 5280 article where nolan said this last year was the first year that people hung out outside after the game in the clubhouse and just talked hung out cracked a couple beers and just talked baseball and Nolan talked about how much he enjoyed that because he never had it before. And now I'm wondering if that's going on anymore because Chuck right. doesn't look like he's... I mean, Chuck's numbers look fine, but he doesn't look like he's in a good spot either. I think that's injury-related. But his... K-rate is really high compared to his yeah, career. And he, he looks slow in center field. I'm, I'm almost at the point when yeah. Dahl comes back healthy. Put him in center field. He looks, he looks really slow in center field, and to the point that somebody asked yesterday in the game thread, I think it was yesterday, um, about why Chuck has a negative war on the season so far, because uh, via BB ref, he does have a negative war so far, and it's because of his defense. His defense has been pretty bad. He's got, according to fan graphs, the worst UZR among center fielders. He's got the worst arm, or one of the worst arms uh, among center fielders. He's never had a good um, arm. Their defense, like they have their uh, proprietary defense rating that they use, and he's got the worst defensive rating among center fielders, and that's not nationally center oh fielders. Oh my god! Just, Did you see his fielders. defensive runs saved? Yeah. Yeah, he also I think has the few. Does he have the fewest DRS too? He's negative eighteen this year. Negative eighteen. Yeah, and Chuck has always been a little slow. He's always takes weird routes to the ball. Like you said, he's always had a bad arm. Like Chuck has never been a plus defender. He just got the job done, and this year he's not getting the job. Yeah. Done. It, and it's at the point where which really stinks, because now I mean, if we've got Charlie Blackman and Cargo and Para and well, I guess Desmond's a first baseman, except for some stupid reason. Um, uh, it means we got three guys, and none of those guys should be playing center field, and none of them should be playing at the same time. And that's kind of the problem with when you build up your team around these outfielders who are all thirty years old and older, and you're looking. I mean, I mean. I, I'm not going to accuse Cargo of this, but there are some guys who come from these countries that fudge their age on their stuff, and so it's reasonable that both Parra and Cargo are actually older than they are. Could be older. I mean, I'm not going to accuse either of them, but it's it's there's a possibility of it. Something there, like <laughs> like like, interesting. Albert, like how old is Yeah, I mean, it's it's something <laughs> to think about. Uh, so, I mean, so you have three outfielders who are getting regular playing time who are all over 30 years old. When Ian does and I think 50. We've, and we, <laughs> <laughs> we've all been of the mind that Chuck should certainly move 
to left when they have a Rymel Tapia or David Dahl but David did. out there. So it's it's not even something like when we talk about Chuck being being bad, that's not a reactionary stance. It's um, that Chuck has never been a good center fielder, that he's just kind of served that role for the Rockies. The Cuevas should play center. I mean, when he is playing, I would try he's it. fast. Yeah. He's He's... I've seen him have good defensive ratings in minor league games. He's, he'd be a better center fielder. He's got a great arm from what I've seen. Yeah. There's no yeah. He, There's no way that replacing a center fielder is going to completely change our bullpen, but, you know, maybe. Every little bit helps at this point. Right. I mean, if it's, if it's, a, if it's a ball that the center fielder gets to instead of, you know, a run scoring or something like that, then it's... Negative 18 DRS. Yeah. Leading the league in all positions mm. in DRS. Ouch. Mm. <laughs> okay, so I guess we all learned something today. Charlie Blackman is a great, 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 great man who shouldn't play center. No. Yeah, great hitter, great hitter, bad center. Yeah. Yeah, so it just goes back to uh, I think Trevor Story is the only dude on the team who looks like he's having fun. Like, also, Nolan mm. has a negative to DRS, which is just weird. DRS is. He's been, that is. He was, Negative one now, but he's been looking better recently. I didn't think he looked that great early in the year. He didn't. He was make. He wasn't it's making the amazing plays when your first baseman doesn't scoop. Yes. Well, and, and Nolan, Nolan, Nolan is still making his highlight plays, but you're not wrong that it seemed like there were. Nolan missed some easy plays to start the season. That plays that used to make with his eyes closed, and I don't think anything's changed. I think he just he's put goofed up some. Yeah, he's just putting too much pressure I'm on. I'm not worried about it. Should we just, uh, without taking a break, just segue straight into this next series since this podcast has been kind of snake bit? Yeah, yeah. snake bite. Yeah, similar to the similar to the Rockies who have been snake bit. Oh God! We I think it was the, so. And we just got bit by a snake. I've decided too that it was the bad omen that I, I sent you guys that photograph. But I was walking in for obviously nobody else knows about this. Was walking in Rhino last thursday night by rhino beer garden and there was a massive snake <laughs> just moving its way down the sidewalk i mean like like huge like one of the bigger snakes i think i've ever seen in the wild um kill it step on in it in the middle in the middle of the city it was the weirdest thing and kind of fortunately as we were walking along some guy that was kind of off the sidewalk because he was avoiding the snake too said hey look out there's a snake right there but <laughs> we said like i'm i'm really thankful for that guy because i never would have seen this snake but so denver i'm like oh he's on something <laughs> yeah. it was uh, this thing was this thing was huge it was huge and then we went on to get swept by the diamondbacks the day after that so the rockies just need somebody to say hey watch out for that snake over there watch out for that snake step on we gotta bring that guy in yeah <laughs> so in in watching out for that snake um let's hope we don't get bit by the phillies there's nothing really there's no verbs to to get filled on by the Phillies. I don't know. It's the first series that Fangraphs has us not favored in any game in the series. It's the first series this year we're ridiculous. not favored in any game. It's because we're not good right now. I said something the other day that I always felt like um, the Rockies played well at Citizens Bank, and then when I looked mm. up the stats, that was not borne out. Well, you know that's our home, though, maybe right? Maybe good against them. <laughs> yeah, that's why we haven't played well. We're at home. Yeah, we'll be at yeah. home this weekend. Yeah, Philly. Philly is the new home, according to Denver Post. Denver Post. Uh, so we have that three-game matchup coming up. Um, and then we got for the Rangers. those of you that don't know what we normally do is uh, how you think the series is going to go so we can do that for both the Phillies matchup and the Rangers matchup. Um, how you think the series is going to go 
some outrageous thing that you think is going to happen that is probably not ever going to happen. Uh, kind of your hot take. And then something in that series that you believe is actually going to happen. Um, to preface that, we have John Gray against Aaron Nola on Tuesday. My two favorite young pitchers in baseball. John's excited. Yeah. Um, it's Tyler Anderson versus Nick Pavetta on Wednesday. Um, Thursday is Herman Marquez going against Vince Velasquez. Who are like the same And then guy. we move to Texas, where we have Chad Bettis going against Mike Miner. We have Kyle Freeland going against Matt Moore, which I, is, to me is a lopsided matchup. It's a weird lo- m- matchup. Yeah. Um, and it's then just cursed now. We actually will, on Sunday, be John Gray versus Bartolo Colon. Ooh, what a contrast. <laughs> so Wiley, what do you think? Uh, how do you think the series is going to go? Your hot take and your realistic. All take. right, I'm going to start my with my realistic take because it is a hot take, and that's John Gray's going to take a no hitter. In no, he's going to throw a no hitter. Okay. Someone said this on the last recording, but he's going to throw a no hitter. He's bound for his luck to change. His FIP and XFIP and Sierra all look a lot better than his ERA. And he's just going to figure it out. He's just going to start pitching better. And then my really hot take, because all I have is hot takes. Yeah, I was going to say, I think (laughs) you're on fire right now, Wiley. (laughs) Is that all of our pitchers have no hitters through five in the series. Against Philly, only against Philly. I think you burned your hands off there. Yeah, that's what I did. You might need some oven mitts. Yeah. It's pretty warm in my house right now, actually. So, and then how do you how do you think the series are gonna go? It's gonna be six two, or we're gonna go eh, four and two through six oh. games, right? Four and two, that would be good because you know what that would do is actually bring the Rockies back above five hundred. Okay. I would, yeah. John, what do you think? Uh, okay, so uh, similar to our pal here, I'm gonna go John Gray and Aaron Nola both pitch eight innings of shutout ball. And then we went in the ninth inning. So that's my hot one. Uh, realistic is Trevor Story hits three home runs this week. And then uh, I think we'll win one against Philly and two against Texas. So three and three. Three and three. How about you, Zach? Um, I just really I want Ryan McMahon to hit like six doubles in the Philly series. This home park. Center field gap. Yeah. I would be, I would be, slap, would be really slap, nice. slap. Um, the misplayed balls by Odubel Herrera, maybe. There you go. Um, who's still better than uh, Charlie. And I would say, I think my hot take is that we give up less than six runs in the six games of the six innings. Ooh. So That's- maybe one of the games we won't give up a run in the sixth inning. And I think that's a hotter take than the no hitter. <laughs> I know. We're gonna go. We're gonna go three and three. Philly's gonna take two of them. Man. Three and three. Uh, I will agree with Wiley and say that we'll go four and two. Um, I just have a good feeling about us against the Phillies, and I think that we should be able to really get after Matt Moore and Bartolo Colon. Um, so I think we'll do well there. My, I think it's actually gonna happen is. 
Ryan McMahon will hit a couple home runs in this coming week. He still doesn't have a major league home run, which is really surprising to me. Wait, he doesn't? Mm-mm. He does not. What? Um, no. Right, right. I mean, it's kind of a shocker, right? I thought he uh, hit one out last year, but I am maybe. No. I think he's just trying homer. to build up his, his pushing. Yeah. Um, and then, so I mentioned it yesterday. Uh, Sunday is Father's Day. The Rockies usually play well on Father's Day. As we all remember, Nolan Arenado hit uh, his walk-off home run for the cycle on Father's Day last year. And Nolan Arenado is not the only Rockies player to hit for the cycle on Father's Day. How about that? Um, and Sunday is also my birthday. Ooh. So I want to see big things happen. And I had said something I about... see a big thing. That's Bartolo Colon. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So I had actually also said something about John Gray possibly throwing a no-hitter yesterday. Um, and I will also go there with John Gray is going to no-hit the Texas Rangers on Father's Day. Ooh. I like it. That's I don't like that I won't be able to watch a lot of it, but I like it. <laughs> it's Father's Day. You're supposed to be able to do whatever you want. Uh, yes, yeah, when you have for. two young daughters who don't care about baseball at all, it's a lot harder. Yeah, it's just it's so just backwards that, that like mother. It's it's kind of backwards, isn't it? That like Mother's Day and Father's Day, you're supposed to like do what your kids want. Shouldn't it be that like it's Father's Day? Dad's watching baseball. I like, mean, I took one kid to the Isotopes <laughs> game on Saturday, and it was terrible for the mm. first four innings. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was your daughter the one that like she was that girl like googling how long does a baseball game last she she just <laughs> asked so many and not good questions they were bad questions and then i was like hey was like how many seams are on a baseball well, and i was like hey let's walk over to the isotopes dugout i bet you can get a baseball and did you well no so the storm chasers have this thing where you throw like a soft baseball into a truck in the fifth inning and if you win if you get it in the moon roof you win a prize so that's what she thought she was getting and i was like no you're getting an actual baseball <laughs> you're getting, a baseball. getting a car so yeah austin house um of rocky's fame of zach fame gave us a ball awesome that's that's awesome. I, my uh my niece and nephew and sister and brother-in-law went to the one of the Rockies games in Cincinnati when they were in Cincinnati this last week. And when they were here for the Cincinnati series, I actually got my nephew to wear a Rockies hat, which I was really excited about. So my brother-in-law was going to dress him up in Rockies gear and take him to the game with the, you know, mm-hmm. smart opinion that if he was in Rockies gear, they could get a lot of autographs. Well, my sister couldn't find his Rockies hat. Like his Rockies hat is just MIA. So sure. that full plane went out the window. Sure. <laughs> Conveniently so. thrown away. Yeah. <laughs> so that was something. But all right, guys. Well, sorry about uh, my audio issues twice. And Zach's audio issue not three times. times. Yeah, Zach's. We're just Wiley's the only good one because I was gone for last night's recording. Yeah. Wiley's... Let's give it up for Wiley. Yeah, he's the only consistent <laughs> one. Yeah, John has bad. John has bad internet. Jason has bad audio software, and Zach, I has guess, also bad has internet. bad internet. <laughs> and then there was Wiley. Wiley. And then there's, and there's Wiley. Wiley with his sweet hair that I wish I could have. Well, I did delay <laughs> the podcast. It's true because it's cause like eleven thirty here, and I'm tired. Yeah, so no, I like we tried yeah. to have Wiley on like what May fifth. Yeah, it's been a while. For a month. Well, it's now that, everything's going to come up roses now that Wiley's been on. When did Cargo start hitting? I might have just Uh-oh. killed Cargo oh. season. Oh, no. Yes. 
Will maybe Connor I just die? started John Gray season. I don't know. Maybe once I That's get it. once I'm finally on the podcast, cargo, John Gray. If, if Cargo does poorly, then Wiley is banned. But if Will John Gray die? does well, will John Gray come back? <laughs> Find out next week on the Rock Pile Talk Pile. Good talk to you guys. Go Rockies. Bye. 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 Bye.